Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in the world, wherever you're from, this is the Right on Track podcast where we talk everything Thomas the Tank Engine and friends. I'm Parry. I'm Connor. Hang on, where's Denim? Denim. 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 Where are you? Right, yeah. Uh, Denim's not here. No, he's not. (laughs) As obvious, but uh, he's actually working right now on the Puffin Billy Railway Mm -hmm. as the signalman. Oh, typical. It's always the fault of the signalman, isn't it? It always is, isn't it? Uh, So, Parry and I are just going to do it, and Denim's going to pop in every now and then with his own little editing, because the magic of editing. Indeed, the magic of editing. So we're most looking forward to hear what he has to say when we eventually hear it, but in the meantime, it's just Connor and I sitting in the studio, feeling very lonesome with only our toy trains for company. Yes, but uh, what episodes are we going to be covering today, Parry? So, in our second lot of Season 2 episodes, we're going to be looking at Saved from Scrap, Old Iron, Thomas and Trevor, and Percy in the Signal. Fantastic. I say we get right on with the clip. Right, let's do that then. This here is our very first clip from Saved from Scrap. Again. Today, there was a surprise waiting for Edward in the yard. It was a traction engine. Hello, said Edward. You're not broken and rusty. What are you doing here? I'm Trevor. They're going to break me up next week. What a shame, said Edward. My driver says I only need some paint, polish and oil to be as good as new. But my master says I'm old-fashioned. Edward snorted. People say I'm old-fashioned, but I don't care. So, there we are. Edward is trying to comfort his new friend Trevor, who is a traction engine. So, yeah, Trevor is essentially a steam engine who runs on the road. Yes, Hmm. Uh, this, of course, comes from the book Edward the Blue Engine, and it's based on the true story of a traction engine that was owned by the vicar of Magdalen. Ma- Ma- Magdalen. It- it's it's hard English. <laughs> Historical words. Magdalen, East Anglia. So Edward has come across Trevor the traction engine in a scrapyard, and he endeavours to find him a new home, essentially. And he eventually finds one with the vicar of... Wellsworth. Wellsworth, yes, which of course is Edward's hometown. So, what really interests me about the start of this episode is, of course, Edward comes up to Thomas going, I'm going to the scrapyard today. And Thomas then goes, oh, already you're not that old. <laughs> In a realistic sense, that is, I'm going to the cemetery today. Yes. <laughs> oh, already? Or the mortuary. I'd, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit grim if you think about it. And it is very much something that I feel the Reverend didn't hide in the TV series and railway series overall mm. uh, with both of his involvements on. It is quite depressing at times, the fact that your master says that you're not useful anymore. So... It's a really sad story. It is quite a sad story, yes. Because Trevor is in perfect working order. We see in the clip there he's covered in yellow rust. But other than that, he moves. And and then later they clean him up and he he looks as good as new. And he's rolling around perfectly happily. So, yeah, you've got to wonder, why would they want to get rid of him? 
Yeah, um, we do, of course, get a flashback in this episode to Trevor's past working life where... Mm. Oh, I do love children. Yeah, that, that concerns me, his fondness for children. But... That, that, that concerns a lot of people. <laughs> However, I like to... I would prefer to think about it like it's more of a lollipop man going, oh, you know, children so innocent, <laughs> so happy, in, instead of a sort of un good <laughs> relationship. Yeah, that's a kind of creepy one, yes. Um, but uh, in that flashback, we do actually see Trevor's old master, as he puts it, which seems to be wearing, like, a white coat and so on. It's it's strange in the flashback. So who's his old master, then? He's either a scientist or a cricket umpire. <laughs> We've got no idea. Um, and he used to work at farms, you know, pulling wood around. And then, of course, at the end of this episode, we uh, see him being operated by Jem Cole, mm-hmm. who actually isn't named again until uh, the appearance of Elizabeth in the fifth, sixth, sixth season. season. Yeah, sixth season. Uh, he isn't named again. He's seen with his classic uh, red vest, mm-hmm. and he's owned uh, by the vicar in his vicarage orchard. Mm-hmm. Um. But what most impresses me about this episode is the large-scale models they use. Mm. So, of course, as we mentioned last time, it is season two. We've got a bigger budget, and I feel that they've actually put a lot of that budget in the large-scale models. Because we see um, when Edward arrives at Wellsworth Station, we see a large-scale model Edward... We see a large scale of his driver. We see a large scale of the vicar. Mm. We see a large scale of the vicar's two children, presumably, mm. as well as a large scale of actually Wellsworth Station. And then we also see large scale Jem Cole and other building, which is supposed to be the scrap building. Mm. And it's really impressive. And that's one thing I really do like about this episode. I wish I shared your enthusiasm, Connor, because. Oh, no. Yeah, here it comes. You two, that, that being you and yourself and Denim, talked in the last episode about how fond you were of Trevor, and I was just sitting back going, oh, really? I mean, come on, because Trevor, for me, and I know I'm going to get heaps of hate mail for this, but he's not a very inspiring character. I just find him so bland and unrelatable, and it's just, come on, why are we feeling sympathy for this tractor, apart from the fact that he, he can't died. find... <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly, and he can't find work, so... Yes, I'm less enamoured with him than everybody else is. And for that matter, not a lot happens in this episode, really. We see him trundling around the yard. Yep. We see him being purchased. We see some shots of Edward along the railway line. But there's really nothing to me that stands out in this episode. That's a really good point. It is a very light story. Mm. It is very slow. It hasn't really got much action in it, apart Mm. from the threat that I'll be broken up next week. Okay, guess what? You're no longer being broken up. Mm. I do see what you mean. Um, I really actually enjoyed Trevor just because of his music. Oh, yeah, it is carnival music, isn't it? It is a really good little carnival theme. And of course, at the end of the episode, we see Trevor at a fate... Mm. Uh, where he's got a wooden sort of box attached to him, which he mm. pulls the 
uh, children along in. I actually recently saw a real life traction engine mm. uh, down Gippsland Way. So those not aware, it's like south south Victoria around farms, so on. So the south east of Victoria. Yes. Yep. Uh, not in the ocean. And um, it was very much just like Trevor. It had the uh, traction wheel. It had the proper sort of dome shape and everything. It even had the little coal bunker at the back. Mm. The only difference with it was, was it had a little canopy over it. Ah. Yeah. But I feel that Trevor's sort of small. He is small. I mean, we look here in the clips, and compared to Edward, who, of course, is a large steam yeah, yeah. engine, you know, he does actually look quite tiny. And, and with my experience in this traction engine, that traction engine was massive. It was taller than I, just with the rear wheels itself. Mm. Um, whilst on this one, he almost seems to be half the size. He does, yeah. So... If you haven't seen a traction engine in real life, mm. well, think of it like a tractor, an yes. actual tractor. I mean, you know, those things, if you've seen them on a the farm, are absolutely enormous. And it's also worth noting that these steam tractors were prolific. They used to be everywhere. Mm. They were the uh, early 20th century equivalent of Ford Rangers, essentially. That's a really good parallel to make because mm. they were used everywhere. They were really durable. Again, mm. why is Trevor being scrapped? Yes. And... Then they just sort of disappeared as soon as any other alternative came about. Mm. Well, I suppose one of the things that led to Trevor's demise and uh, steam traction engines, for that matter, was probably diesel fuel. Yes. Because, of course, you know, it's easier to come by and it's more uh, practical, for want of a better word. Yeah, um... So, it, as we've said, like, Trevor's music is great. It's got sort of, you know, a slow-moving story. As you mm. say, not much happens. And I really actually understand where you're coming from with people not really enjoying Trevor that much. Mm. He only appears um, once, maybe twice in the Railway series. Mm. And he doesn't really appear that often in the TV series either. In mm. fact, the, another story that we're going to cover was an annual story, but we'll get to that later. Mm -hmm, much later. Um, rankings for this episode? Ooh, so, Connor, I think that I'm heading towards a 6 out of 10. A 6. And, that, and that's me feeling pretty generous. And the reason why it goes for 6 is because there's that sort of more morbid tone to the story when we see Trevor mm. at the scrapyard and this thought that he could be broken up despite the fact that he's all good and in proper working order. So right. six out of ten from me. Okay, okay. Connor's thinking very hard about I, this. I, I am thinking hard. My original idea was going to be a 4.5, which I think would be the lowest we've had so far. It is, actually. Um, however... It has got a lot of the large-scale models, which I feel are an amazing addition to the Series 2 budget. And as you said, the morbid theme, I'm going to say a 5.5. Okay, then. So, that has been Trevor, saved from scrap. Mm-hmm. And Denim has inserted his 
scores somewhere around here. Yeah, either before this segment or after this segment, or I don't know, he could even put it at the end of the episode. We, him, we don't know. He may even cut this part out. He may even cut the <laughs> whole episode out together. And it might just, just be him, him talking. Rambling. <laughs> Try and get back at us for all the times we made fun of him, if we ever have. I don't think we have, have we? No. He's just he's just being bitter for no reason, if that's bitter, the case. Bitter, <laughs> no, We love you, Denim, we swear. Um, Anyways, this is the next episode Old Iron. And in the clip I'm introducing here, James has just come back from Wellsworth Station where he's been run late once again by Edward. He was still feeling very bad-tempered. Edward is impossible, he grumbled to the others. He clanks about like a lot of old iron and he is so slow he makes us wait. Thomas and Percy were indignant. Old iron? Slow? Why, Edward could beat you in a race any day. Really, said James. I should like to see him do it. Nice foreshadowing there, Thomas. Definitely. So, James, as we can hear there, is bad-mouthing Edward, and, you know, Percy and Thomas are standing up for him. Good on them. True, true. And they both have got good reason to, because they have very much been mentored by Edward, mm. such as James as well. However, James is still arrogant and mm. blames everyone else for his problems. Yes, indeed. Uh, before we get into dissecting the episode, though, yes. so the plot, uh, after this point, James is at the harbour. It's his driver, I believe, that's taken ill. Yes. And then suddenly the fireman sees James steaming out of the station because some boys have been playing on the footplate. I know. And surprisingly, a protagonist of this story is the signalman. Yes. So the signalman uh, goes, oh, there were these boys playing James's footplate. They ran off and I yelled at them mm. and, all, you know, all traffic halted. And it's got all these wonderful shots of signals shutting. and. So a productive signal- <laughs> signalman, that's I rare. I know. And... One thing I really do like, as I said last episode, um, large-scale models. Mm. We get a beautiful large-scale of the signal box, a wonderful large-scale of the signalman picking up the phone, going, oh, you know, you need a shunter's pole and a mm. coil of rope, and mm. he's coming along in Edward. Yeah, the climax of the episode is this big chase down the main line with Edward and James running side by side. And... We've mentioned this on the podcast previously, but there's this absolutely fascinating shot where the camera's tracking them running down the line. It moves up to make way for a bridge and then bridge moves just, down and again. it moves back down. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful stuff. So, um, this episode, I'm going to be honest here, one of my favourites in the whole series. Is it now, Connor? Um, that has got a lot to do with nostalgia points. Mm-hmm. However, I'm going to remove that and dissect it all. Okay. Um, however, this was an episode that I used to watch and rewatch. It had a wonderful action to it. It had brilliant music with the... Dun, 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 dun. Yes, the chase music, of course. Which is a bit of a mix between the James theme and the runaway theme. Mm. And... Is a bit of a redemption story as well. Mm, for both engines, really, yes. because James is being taught a lesson, as always happens, and Edward's proving that, you know, he can. He's not just a lump of old iron. Yes, true, he can actually win a race. However, one interesting question I've got to ask. So, of course, at the end of the chase, 
uh, James and Edward pull up at the station, and Edward goes, oh, so the lump of old iron got you after all. Mm. Who told Edward that James thought he was old iron? Well, it must have been gossip that was passed down the line at some point, I imagine. Quite quickly, because, you know, James is mad at Edward, he then goes and complains to Percy and Thomas, mm. and then he goes to the yard. Also takes place in the same day, mm. so... It must have been only a few hours that Edward found out about it. James ran away. So there's a weird block in the timeline there where I don't know where that information has come from. But this episode's got so much to dissect. It does. Now, one point we haven't mentioned already. You mentioned the large-scale models, Mm -hmm. Connor. One of my favourite... Scenes is seeing first of all the uh, the lasso, that's it. So where it's swinging across between the two buffers and eventually hooks on the Jameses, and then between those shots we've also got another of the two trains running down the line, and we've got a model man standing on the front of Edward, and we just see him holding out the rope on the side there. It's a nice little touch. It is I think a brilliant touch. Mm. Now, as always. A lot of these early railway series stories, again, from Edward the Blue Engine, Mm. were based on real events. This one I'm really glad is a real event because it is amazing. Mm. Uh, I can't wait to hear this. uh, Well, actually, it's exactly as it went. It's based on an event noted in the Daily Express, later reprinted in the Railway Gazette, which runaway train in Alton, Illinois, was rescued with a lasso. Mm. Lasso, lasso. Lasso, I've always said. I've always said lasso because mm. it's a single O. But it's, <laughs> it's an American story, which mm. I find is quite interesting, especially because all of these are British engines. But it makes sense for problems to be passed across the pond. Yes, the trans- transatlantic conflict, you could say. <laughs> yes. Um, and rescued with a lasso. And... As we start to touch on this with the camera, but I feel also the sets need acknowledgement as well. Because Mm. not only do we have the big shunting yard where Edward pulls up, and you get shots of trains moving in the background. You can't actually see the engines, but you see the trucks slowly moving by and the coaches. Mm. But then you also have got shots of James and Edward going along the line. Mm-hmm which you can tell is one of the largest undertakings they've had because a lot of the straight track you can see has got points in it and then they've just covered the turn off with dirt in order to keep the straight. And they add you reuse the same straight a few times. So Mm. pass the water tower, have a close-up. They'll pass the water tower, but different (laughs) faces. They pass them as Kindly's Cottage, which was reused. Okay. Um, And... (laughs) It is a brilliant, brilliant sets used um, and wonderful tracking shots going along the music. What's your ranking for this episode? So my ranking would be, I agree with all you said, my only complaint is that um, it's all a little bit brown, these surroundings. You remember the first season, it was all lush and green, and in this one, yeah, they haven't really... Passed the vegetation test. They haven't passed the vegetation test. It's interesting on how you see that as a complaint. Yeah. Because but... for, for me, I actually really enjoy that brown look. Okay. Uh, because 
Um, as we mentioned with the last podcast episode on how it's a bit more grittier with Thomas Percy in the coal, and it makes it seem more like a real railway. And the lighting, I will admit, at times isn't the best. Sometimes mm. it's oversaturated, sometimes it's undersaturated. However, I feel they have gone the extra mile to make this episode, or this season overall, as railway series-esque as possible. And I feel that grit in the background really helps drive that point across. I would honestly say that this depiction of old iron may even be more faithful to the railway series than the railway series illustrations were to itself. Ooh. It's because I feel this story does more justice to the story than the actual illustration that we got in the Edward... In the books, yeah. yeah. Well, in fairness, it really, it's really hard to convey that sort of excitement and Definitely. tension through a simple children's story. And so a single shot. Yeah. This has got the movement. Yeah, yes. this has got the visuals there. So I'm um, coming back to your original question, Connor. My ranking for this one would be a 9 out of 10. A 9? A 9. I'm going to give it a 10. There you go. A, a straight 10. Um, it has been a amazing episode, again, with the camera shot moving up over the bridge, back down. We've got a close-up, which is actually of... Uh, Thomas's buffers that we saw in Thomas and the Trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the lovely little details of the uh, inspector swing the lasso, lasso mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the buffers. Or is it a lasso? A lasso. Yeehaw. <laughs> Sorry, American <laughs> listeners. Um, and then, of course, the signalman has done something well. Hooray! So, you know, points for that. It is... Uh, this is a solid 10 for me. Uh, what we're going to do now is go to one of our regular music breaks that we love doing here on Right and Track. And this is one that you found, Connor. This yes. is Mr. Blue Sky, done with sound effects and music in the style of the Thomas the Tank Engine series. And it's by a man called Carson. Let's take it away.
And that was Mr. Blue Sky, Thomas and Friends version by Carson Marenka, uh, who's also uh, responsible for the Richard Saga and a whole bunch of other awesome uh, music and Thomas stories out there. Uh, but, Parry, what is the next uh, story that we're going to be looking into? Well, the third story, Connor, that we're going to be looking at today is Thomas and Trevor. And in the clip we're about to play, Thomas is meeting the traction engine for the first time. Thomas was on his way to the harbour with a trainload of metal pilings. They were needed to make the harbour wall firm and safe. Hello, Thomas, said Edward. This is Trevor, a friend of mine. He's a traction engine. Thomas eyed the newcomer doubtfully. A what engine, he asked. A traction engine explained Trevor. I run on roads instead of rails. Can you take me to the harbour, please? The fat controller has a job for me. Yes, of course, replied Thomas, but he was still puzzled. I don't understand why Thomas is so puzzled. I mean, he's a steam engine. He's relatively old. Surely he would know what a traction engine looks like, or is. And and what's even more interesting, um, building on that, is that as Thomas is heading to the construction of Knapford Harbour, uh, he continues going, oh, how can you, you know, operate and not run on rails? And Trevor's mm. like, I don't need... Has anybody gone through this with another tractor-like engine? Yes. Particularly Terrence? <laughs> it's, That's exactly right. It, it, he never learns. It, it seems not, no. But I guess the role of Thomas here is to be the curious mind that the child is. Yes. So the child who's reading the story is probably asking these questions as well, and Thomas is the medium between the two. That, that's a really good point. Now, as you I still said, think it's silly. <laughs> as you said, children reading the story, this isn't a railway series story. It is um, from an annual story, also written by Christopher Audrey, um, and it used illustrations from this episode as it was being produced. Uh, so this is another TV series specifically made episode, mm. and I feel it fits right into the world. You think so? I I feel it does. It's it, it gives more light to Trevor, who, as we mentioned at the start, who hasn't really had much of a character arc, mm. and this really builds upon who he is. We get to see him properly in action. We do, and those are some of the most fascinating scenes, actually. Seeing him tow away all the washed-up wood that yes. comes onto the shore and, you know, crossing... That Actually, my favourite shot is him crossing the railway line at the station and then Thomas, Thomas yeah, comes in up. soon behind. Yes. Um, so, for those who haven't seen this episode, uh, Thomas and Trevor, all a new friend for Thomas in American releases, um, what happens is that... Trevor goes to the harbour, the seaside, children, all oh, be lovely, <laughs> um, to help work on the construction of the harbour. Mm-hmm. And when they get there, uh, it is in a massive mess. It has got, you know, trucks off the rails, some partially destroyed. Don't know how. Vandals. The, signalman. The signal. Denim. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, then Trevor's job is to pull all of these debris away and then also pull the pilings in place, which the narration says 
Uh, he's pulling the pilings into place to build the damn wall. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in the shot afterward, we actually see the crane taking the pilings off the truck mm-hmm. and Trevor still pulling debris away. So it's narration error. But then Trevor gets to pull along some children along the seaside. And as you said, your favourite shot is him going over the rails. My favourite shot is actually when he's pulling away the debris. Mm, okay. And main reason why is you can see his front axle shifting over the ground. You can see that in the shot over the railway line too. True, but it's a lot wider shot. And you see it, like, turn as well. Mm. The way that they've made Trevor's model work, I feel, has been done fantastically. Yes, yeah, true. there's lots of moving parts, and the front of him has barely actually got anything in it um, because it's just the moving wheels. It's, like, hollow underneath his boiler. And then, eventually, Thomas leaves Trevor by Ellsbridge Station and... There's a small tear in Trevor's eye, mm. which as a child, that always made me really sad. As an adult, it doesn't. <laughs> I have no sympathy for it. Oh, <laughs> what would you do if you were Trevor? Well, if I were Trevor, I would go back to the orchard and say... Orchid? Or- orchard, orchid. I, have, I don't know. It, lasso, lasso. I, I just know. The, the, Engli- orchard. The, the English language is a very finicky thing. It is. Uh, so anyway, once Trevor returns home, he will just say to himself, well, I've got work to do here. I would just, well, actually, it says at the start of the episode that there's sometimes not enough work for him to do. Yes. But I think Thomas says it best. He comforts him and says, I can take you to the harbour again sometime if you'd like. And Trevor mm. goes, that would be wonderful. So once again, we leave on a happy note. It's kind of interesting because... In the first appearance of Trevor, it the ending is kind of um, definite. It yes. sort of gives his character nowhere to go. And then in this story, it's much the same, really. It, it really does. Mm. And I feel that's one reason why there aren't that many stories about him. Mm. Uh, because he appears, he's very much a, assumably, originally a one-off character. Mm. Um and whilst I do enjoy that this story gives him more opportunity to see how he works, see his wonderful model, get another Knapford set, uh, the Knapford Harbour, I feel it doesn't actually completely do the whole story justice. Because as you say, Save From Scrap ended, and then this one ended. Mm. It, it, it doesn't have that growth for another story. Of course, we see later in season three in... um Edward, Trevor and the Really Useful Party. Yes, which mm. is a bit of a mouthful. It is. Um, he really doesn't have much use. And whilst I do enjoy him, his uh, wooden railway toy when I was younger uh, was always my favourite one, purely because the traction wheels span. Mm. It doesn't grow. And I love the sets. I I love Trevor's music. However, Mm -hmm. that can only get him so far. (laughs) True. Um, I love his model, but the story is sorely lacking. It is. I'm sorry to say it is. And for that reason, Connor, what would you give this episode as a rating out of 10? Out of 10, I would give this a 6. Okay. It, it, it's... 
I, I'm a inclined six. to agree with you. Yeah, it's a I'm, six. I'm, it's more yeah. or less as good as the previous I'm, Trevor I'm, episode. I'm, I'm tempted to go lower again, mm-hmm. like with Save from Scrap, because I love the guy, but wasted potential. Yeah, I think so too. We're feeling really generous today, aren't we? We're, we're not. Like, like I gave Old Iron a ten, mm. and then I gave Trevor sixes. <laughs> Anyways, now we're going to moving on to the last episode that we review in this episode, mm. which is Percy and the Signal. It is Percy and the Signal, and in this clip here, he is chatting with the two bigger engines, Gordon and James. One morning, Percy was careless. I say, you engines, I'm to take some trucks to Thomas's junction. The fat controller chose me especially. He must know I'm a really useful engine. More likely he wants you out the way, grunted James. Gordon looked across to James. They were making a plan. James and I were just speaking about signals at the junction. We can't be too careful about signals, but then I needn't say that to a really useful engine like you, Percy. Percy felt flattered. We had spoken of backing signals, put in James. They need extra special care, you know. Would you like me to explain? No, thank you, James, said Percy. I know all about signals. Percy was a little worried. I wonder what... Backing signals are, he thought. You are soon to find out, Percy, don't you Whoa. worry. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely fascinated by that clip there because I don't know whether you listeners could hear it through your headphones, but I could hear it quite clearly through mine. We've got seagulls chirping in the background there. We've got a bell tower. Yes, that's from the church, which is behind Percy in the clip we're watching just here. And you could also hear the screeching of... Uh, the trains as they're Breaks going... going by, Thomas's whistle, yes. who we see in the background. So, yeah, the sound editing in this series overall, actually, mm. is wonderful. It's marvellous. Yeah, and also in that same clip, James's face is falling off. Oh, yeah, so it's kind of like come loose at the top there so we can sort of see the mechanics behind his... But never mind about yes, that. Yes, ignoring that. So... so Percy and the Signal. Yes. It starts off with a very, very cheeky Percy who yes. um, makes Gordon think that he's running late and then he, he tells James to wait in the sheds because the Fat Controller's got a special job for him. And then afterwards we see Percy come across a signal and what happens is it moves up instead, instead of, of down. down. Now the reason why it's doing that is because Percy's the other side of the signal and when the signal moves up like that, it's to indicate that trains coming from the opposite direction can move forward. But yeah. Percy, having been told of backing signals, think, I know, that's what it is. And there's this very curious scene just after that mm. where Percy's driver says, come on, Percy, off we go. And then Percy moves backwards, which again raises the question, how much autonomy do these engines have? Is the driver just there? Maybe he just... um handles the lever and then it's up to the engine to make the move. Decide, yeah, which way to go. And Mm. again, um, about the signal, it's supposed to be an upper quadrant signal that they use. Mm. However, in the clip, they use a lower quadrant one, Mm. which means the one... It's hard to explain it because I'm not a full railway operation fanatic. And you know who is? Tom Denham, the signalman. Who's not here today. 
curse you. <laughs> no, no, we're kidding, of course. Yes, yes. We have got a love-hate relationship. He loves us, we hate him. But... Uh... <laughs> That's not true. Um, but... <laughs> you good, Parry? Yeah, I think I'm okay now. Okay. I think I've recovered. Uh, the, the signal that's used is a lower quadrant signal, which actually wouldn't move up. So they actually used the wrong signal in this episode. Um, but it is very much a comeuppance kind of story, mm. um, where Percy is taught that he shouldn't make fun of other engines or they may make fun of him. Mm, what goes around comes around. Very much so. And the episode, it has, again, got the gritty look of the yard at Tidmouth. It's got the wide shot of Percy at the signal. It's got a little bit of, you know, nice Percy music going on. Mm -hmm. The classic Series 2 Percy music. However, the story itself is a very, very three-step episode. You have Percy's being cheeky, Percy gets his comeuppance, people make fun of Percy. Mm. It's almost like a Simpsons episode in a way. Mm. You know how they start off with one story that morphs into a completely different story and that morphs into another completely different story altogether. That's a really good way to look at it, on how Mm. we start with Percy making fun of Gordon and showing him a line of dirty trucks. Mm, and then we see James, of course, st- sticking in the shed because of the belief that the Fat Controller is there to see him. And then it finally morphs into the conflict proper about backing signals. Yes. Now, what I what I really admire about the story of this episode is how we have got a James and Gordon friendship growing. Mm. Uh, so in... Uh, uh, Proud Day for James or James and the Express, we see Gordon and James sort of grow their friendship as James takes the Express to sort of help uh, Gordon, who went the wrong way due to instinct. Yes. Um, and I like to see on how here they're both working together to get Percy back. Mm, because they're very similar in a lot of ways, these two. They are quite proud. They can be quite pompous. Arrogant. And arrogant, yes. But at the same time, they do have hearts of gold. Yes, yeah. they are. And, and that little cheeky side as well. So, what do you think about rankings for this episode? So, the rankings for this episode, well, Connor, um, I quite enjoyed this episode, Percy and the Signal. Um, I don't think I need to repeat what I've already said. I'm inclined to give it an 8 out of 10 because, again, it's not the most exciting story. You know, there's not a lot of action to speak of, but, you know, it's very clever, all of it. I love it. Yep. I very much would agree with it being, you know, a really nice sort of episode. Mm. However, with the dissection of the plot being so simple, it has put a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. uh, Hang on, you're the one that always complains. Yes, that's true. (laughs) I I have no comeback for that one. (laughs) No, no, no. But it, it, it is a great episode. I will give it that. It's got a really interesting idea. However, the fact that it does play out like that three little play story, I I would say 
a six, six point five. I'll keep it a six. Um, it's got wonderful sound mixing. If it didn't have that sound mixing with the bells and the mm. seagulls, that one scene there, I would be inclined to give it a lower rating as well. Um, I did used to watch this episode a lot, but I'm I'm going a solid six. It's interesting you say that because I didn't have that same experience of that episode it was only one that i watched in my later years really because yeah i didn't have the means available to watch it so it's kind of like your experiences with james and the express it's one of those Mm. hidden gems so to speak hidden gem for you i I think it is absolutely and uh, before denim provides his rating as well we should also mention that the story is from the book percy the small engine yes and um yeah of course it's taken from the story of the same name Yes. Yo, 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 what up, Mother Chuggers? I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Ride on Track. This is the 10th episode, and I haven't been around. I've been uh, travelling far into the wilderness of the unknown of uh, wonder and whimsy. But uh, I trust you've had a good time with uh, Parry and Connor. But I would like to uh, quickly give my thoughts on the episodes that they reviewed uh, in this episode. So the first episode they looked at was Safe and Scrapped. Uh, I really uh, enjoy this episode. Um, it is quaint and not not a lot happens, but I think some of my favourite Thomas episodes um, don't have a lot happening in them. There's always interesting things to look at, and as uh, Connor mentioned, the use of large-scale models is really interesting, and I think uh, that's uh, something that really uh, takes uh, for me in this episode, but I also really just love the humble story. Humble is the word that comes to me. So for Safe from Scrap, I'm going to give it a uh, generous 7 out of 10 because I also like Trevor the Traction Engine. I think he is exquisite. Uh, For Old Iron, my goodness, what a story that is on its own. It's action-packed. There's rivalry and conflict between James and Edward. And it is, um, as the boys said, it is a bit of a redemption story for both characters. And uh, I really, uh, really enjoy this story. And it's often one, uh, like Connor said as well, is one that um, I do go towards. However, I do have to agree with what Perry said about the overall brown aesthetic of Season 2. I really love the lush vegetation in Sodor. And that's why I think Season 4 and 5 are some of my favourites. And we'll discuss that as we go down that path. But um, I don't think it takes away from it. I think it just makes season two different. And I think uh, that kind of uh, brown look of the buildings um, and the track and the uh, settings around Sodor really shows that from between season one and season two, Sodor is developing as a place of population, as a railway, and uh, it's different from what it was prior. So um, I don't let this uh, take away from it, but I think it's something worth noting. That episode, I'm going to give a solid nine out of ten because I think it outrightly deserves it. 
In the following episode, Thomas and Trevor, I find it really interesting that we get a story for the first time adapted from an annual written by Christopher Audrey. Um, I think this is a fantastic little story. Again, it's humble and quaint, but we get to see a new location on Sodor. And we get to see uh, the Knapford uh, Port, I think it is, for the first time. And uh, whilst not a lot is happening here, you get to see Thomas and Trevor intermingling with each other. I really... I enjoy this and I think um, just the music I think that Michael O'Donnell and Junior Campbell do uh, really gels together this story really well and I I like that uh, Thomas uh, is not the first to meet Trevor it always feels like Thomas is the token character so he has to meet Bertie and Terence but no he meets Trevor for uh, he's the 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 second uh, key character who meets Trevor where Edward is the first so uh, for this story it's not as exciting as the first one um, but I think there's still um, a lot to enjoy so I'm going to give it a uh, 6 out of 10 him for the final episode that was discussed in this uh, episode Percy and the Signal uh, it is one that I really enjoy I think uh, the Percy arc begins to happen here where he's beginning to feel the weight of his work he's uh, been shunting he's been pulling good strains and uh, he's uh, about to feel very tired soon and I think uh, the disarray with the signals is uh, the first point of his fatigue and before Duck enters the scene and helps him out I think uh, this is the point where uh, Percy is kind of reaching a bit of a detriment to uh, all the work that he's doing. But what I really like about this episode, we get to see James and Percy really... uh, We get to see James and Percy really interact for the first time. And uh, James's ego does not shy away here. It does not go away. Uh, but I think this is fantastic. The whole uh, scene where all the bigger engines are disgruntledly passing James as he's not doing his work is a scene that I really like in this episode. But I also really like the green countryside that Percy passes through. And just again, as uh, Parry and Connor mentioned, um, the sound design in this episode has lifted tremendously and is so noticeable in the clip that we use. Um, I think that's fantastic. I think the overall conflict of the story is really nice and it's very uh, subtle and uh, humorous. And I think that it's great that um, Percy isn't always triumphant in the winner. But um, as I said about this fatigue and detriment he's had before, um, he is learning the error of his ways. But at the end of the story, Gordon and James get a little bit of a snigger as well. For Percy and the Signal, I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10. I really enjoy this episode. Um, I think it's great. And I hope uh, you have enjoyed yourself. I hope you've enjoyed my little input as well. And I'll see you all again in episode 12. We want to thank Denim for all his hard work editing and adding his little snippets here and there into the episode. Yes, and I I think this has been great. Um, we've covered four episodes. One interesting thing, though, because we covered three episodes that are sort of Edward Trevor-centric. Mm. Then we covered a one Percy-centric one. Yes. And I think a good point there is that 
awkward layout of series two and its episodes. It is a very awkward layout here, and I'm just looking at the list here on um, the internet right now. So the, even the way they broadcast it, the two episodes they put together, it doesn't really make all that much sense at all. So just looking at the example here... The Runaway, which is a Thomas story, has been paired with Percy and Harold, which is a Percy, Percy story, story, and they all both aired on the same day originally, mm. which is like, very fascinating stuff. Whilst I do understand sort of the realism of not all these stories happen in sets of three, it does make it really awkward as a child, an adult, any fan viewing the show that wants to follow a certain story arc. Mm. Um, because all the story arcs here are disjointed, and as a kid watching it, I know that that really annoyed me. But, anyways, this has been episode 10, or episode 2 of series 2, mm-hmm. um, of Right on Track. What are the episodes that we're covering next time? So, in episode 11, we will be covering Duck Takes Charge. We finally get introduced to Duck. Woo! Percy and Harold, The Runaway, which are the two episodes we mentioned there, and Percy Takes the Plunge. Yes. Anyways, thank you for listening to the Right on Track podcast. You can find us on Omni, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, your preferred podcast listening devices. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are our social medias? Our social medias. So our Instagram handle is at triple T E underscore right on track. On Twitter, it's at on track Thomas, all one word. And on Facebook, you can go facebook.com forward slash right on track Thomas podcast. Yes. I think that's it. (laughs) Uh, You can find us all there. Send us messages. Have a chat with us. Mm, We've got a email address as well yes, so if we you do. prefer contacting us through the old fashioned means then it's uh, right on track at gmail.com I think I've got that right enough. so I'm sh- we will put the proper links in our um, description as always but until we next talk to you I've been Parry I've been Connor we, we assume Denim's going to put a, <laughs> a voice there. clip there but um, yes until next time Please enjoy whatever you're doing, and yeah, don't forget to keep watching your favourite TV show. (laughs) Adios, guys.